The Old Testament law had three parts when God gave it. His moral law, which is above, and then flowing from the moral law, the judicial law for Israel. See, that's where people say, well, wait a minute. What about this stoning rebels? What about stoning adulterers? Aren't we supposed to be doing that nowadays? And that's where, you know, people get all mixed up. They're trying to do kind of like the, the Puritan society in New England, and, and, and they're, they're kind of not resting until we can get the whole country that way, that we're just going to burn the witches. Really? God said only while he was ruling over Israel, as their, uh, it was called a theocracy. God was ruling through his prophets and through his priests and through his king, and he told them, if you keep my law, this, if you don't keep my law, that, and every time the pendulum swang back and forth, depending on whether they were keeping or not keeping his law. His judicial law reflects his moral character, but was only given to Israel. Now you say, oh, what about, aren't we supposed to, you know, what is Romans 13 about? It's okay to reflect God's character. Genesis 9 says capital punishment is probably one of the clearest, but capital punishment was only for one thing in Genesis 9. Murder. Now down here in Israel, kidnapping, capital punishment. Rebellion to your parents, capital punishment. Occult, capital punishment. Premarital sex, capital punishment. They killed for everything under the judicial law. That's not for today. The, the eternal standard for society was only murderers. The rest was for Israel. How about all the ceremonial stuff? How about the Sabbath and all the holidays and everything? All of that reflects God's moral law, as we'll see later, but we're not under that because that too was given to Israel. But what do we do then with, with both parts? Well, God's moral law applies his character, his desires, reflects his holiness, and shows us how sinful we are. But all those ceremonies and judicial law illustrated good behavior. By the way, if God says that, that fornicators should be killed, they all will be. Every couple living together without being married will die for that eternally if they never repent. Every person practicing witchcraft will die for that eternally if they don't repent. Every person who, who transforms their sexual orientation because they don't like how God made them will die for that eternally if they don't repent. God's moral law will never change. It's eternal. It illustrates the best way to live is follow it. You don't, there'll be problems. It illustrates, the, especially the Old Testament ceremonies, illustrate the incarnation of Christ. Uh, Jesus would be a perfect male substitute like the lamb. Innocent, harmless. And it illustrated the incarnation. The tabernacle here. I mean, you talk about the ceremonial law, that tabernacle, that tent and that building, that showed the pathway to God. You came in, only one door. There was only one door into that place. One door into the tabernacle. It was wide, but only one. And it, you had to come in that door, and you bumped right into a big altar. You couldn't go any further till you dealt with sin. Once and for all, 
a substitute. Then you went to the laver, you got cleansed. Then you went to the holy place, and inside the holy place you found the illumination of the candles, you found the, the feeding of the, the bread of the face, the showbread. Then you saw that incense altar of the intercession that Christ opens the way for us. And the only way was through that intercession you could get into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. All of those ceremonies illustrated the pathway to God, illustrated the incarnation of Christ, but they illustrated the price of sin. Sin is sin, and every sin offends God eternally, and he's going to be eternally offended at every sinner except for those who come through his pathway through the incarnation of the substitute and allow Christ to pay the price of their sin.